Hello, I'm Pete Peterson, and this is episode 35 of the Rabbit Room podcast. In the past year, three of the Rabbit Room's writers, Andrew Osinga, Jason Gray, and Eric Peters, have recorded albums that in various ways dealt with pain and brokenness through music. Each of them deal with these issues in unique ways, and we invited them to talk about it this year at Hutchmoot 2012. This is their session entitled Recovery Through Song. So, real quick, this is an introduction. This is Eric Peters. I'm Andy Osinga. This is Jason Gray. And uh, we are singers and songwriters. Um, and so what we're going to talk about is... We should have done the three of you. I love that movie so much. I've been, I've been singing that My Little Buttercup song to my, to my baby. Makes her makes her smile. Um, <laughs> smile! Uh, I am bad at focusing, and this is not helpful for me, having these two guys in the sun. Stay on target. So anyway, so what we're going to do, we thought we would, uh, we would start this by just playing a couple songs um, to talk about. Uh, we, we, we've been trying to think about, okay, recovery through song, what does that mean? What's the process of that? And I, I, in our discussion, we've been thinking that a lot of it isn't so much that like the act of the song or the art of the song is the is the recovery or is the process, but more that it, I think at least for us, primarily it's how we figure out what's going on. It's our identifier. It's like, oh, that's what I'm dealing with. Oh, that's why I'm hurt. Oh, that's why I'm scared. Oh, maybe I'm not so scared anymore. You know, like it's as these, as these, as we identify with a song that we hear, or as we're, we take part in the creation of it, that's when, um, that kind of marks for us where we are in the process. Um, so we thought we'd start with a couple songs that are at the beginning of that process. Um, who's going to I think Eric's going to kick us off with the tune. If you want to. You are. While he's getting I'll his... While he's getting his guitar, just uh, as you were talking about that, it uh, reminded me of uh, a Mark Hurd quote that I always thought was... So great. How many of you guys know who Mark Hurd was? Okay, some of you do. Uh, Mark Hurd was every bit as awesome as Paul Simon and and uh, some of the great uh, living artists. And, and uh, anyway, uh, you should look him up. He's awesome. And uh, he was uh, shortly before he died. He wrote a journal entry, and he was just kind of reflecting on. And I think sometimes there can be like artistic pride, you know, where we can think that we're kind of more in tune, you know, with, with things and we have insights, we see or feel things that other people don't. And I think that is true in some way, but, but he had this, uh, very humble, um, attitude, at least in this one moment where, uh, we're in his journal, uh, he was calling it a kind of, uh, he was wondering if he, if he had uh, a kind of, um, spiritual retardation that meant that he, that, that he had to go through this whole process of feeling all this despair and writing a song about it before he could arrive where, where everybody else is able to get there, you know, without having to go through all that and stuff. And I just, I thought that was a great, that helped kind of heal me of my uh, uh, artistic contempt that I had for people who were like, who were into the B-52s instead of 
Mark Hurt or Paul Simon or something like that. These people don't know anything. But to, you know, uh, anyway, so that made me think about that. So we're going to be talking about spiritual retardation. Take it away, Eric. Man, this is so weird. I, I, f- I feel like a vocal girls group holding this thing. I don't know what to do with myself. Um, or in sync. Uh, so, sorry. Gosh. Speaking of pride. Um, I want to say a couple things, if I can, before I uh, do this. Um, I, I heard a, la- a, ra- a radio on the lady. I heard a lady on the radio uh, a few years ago... Um, several years ago, talking about um, her recovery. I, uh, I don't know exactly what her addiction was. Um, but she was talking about this, um, and instead of uh, it being a, sort of an arrival, you know, this sort of, oh, I've, you know, I've, I've been healed sort of moment, she was talking about, um, that we, we talk about recovering from something, like recovering from uh, drug addiction, alcohol, sexual addiction, you name it, we're addicted to it. Um, recovering, rather than recovering from something, she was recovering into something else. Um, and man, that just, that, you know, flicked a switch, turned on a light uh, for me. And um, because I think, um, you know, uh, as believers, um, that's what we're doing, Oz, go around. Um, yeah, did you see it? <laughs> Never, you're getting me off on a Simpsons uh, tangent. I'm not going to go there. Um, and, you know, this, the idea is that it's a process. Um, you know, and I, I don't know that, uh, you know, recovery ever fully happens until um, the kingdom come. And so, um, and I believe it's, you know, it's just it's frustrating uh, for me uh, to have come from uh, sort of a... Uh, a, a bio, I don't want to pick on, I don't want to name the church. A, a church that was, I think, pretty legalistic and just sort of, you know, it's black or white sort of mentality um, to, you know, the church sort of uh, misses the point, I think, of recovery and that it's, uh, you know, if you don't, if you have Jesus, then that's all you need, which is true and not true, uh, if, if, if I can say that uh, without offending anybody. Um, so it's frustrating that, uh, for me, you talking about spiritual retardation, um, and, and honest to be seriously that I feel like, okay, why is Jesus not enough for me at times? Why am I just sort of a miserable old crank, you know, and, uh, why am I not content? You know, what in the world? Um, and so the process of this whole thing, um, and, um, I think going, uh, to the very beginning when God made everything, uh, if that's what you believe, that uh, God created the world and, and, and each day he named things and he said that this is good. Uh, and so if that's true, uh, then I think writing, songwriting or writing or whatever uh, your passion is, your art is, that um, then every topic is, um, uh, what's the word, is fodder. Uh, is subject matter to be written about or to be um, thought on. Um, c- 
communicated or explained or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, and so I think for me, and I think these guys too, and pr- probably you guys, that um, we have to be willing, I have to be willing to go into those dark places, uh, to delve into them, to sort of root out um, who I am, uh, to f- sort of... Uh, Somebody said it last night at the Square Peg show that, um, um, man, I, I don't even remember what they said. Um, sorry, what was it? Something about the darkness. Um, are you getting this on tape? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really nervous. Uh, I'm a, a, Yes, thank you very much. Karen, thank you, Karen. Um, yes, if you can find hope in the absolute darkest place, then you can have hope anywhere. My goodness, that's so, I think, true and one of the reasons I love his songwriting so much. And so um, I have to be willing to go to those places. And um, there's never an arrival, uh, I don't think. Um, and I think Andy said it here a moment ago, and I hope he talks a little bit more about it, is, um, you know, we write songs, I'll write songs, and to this day I just don't really know how to explain them, and I don't know exactly what I'm saying, uh, and I'm learning to be okay with that, uh, because I think uh, that's sort of what art allows, is that uh, the listener can extrapolate um, and put themselves in that place. So, um, this song, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, um, this song um, is not necessarily, uh, this is a song that I... Two years ago, three years ago now, I guess, I put out a record uh, that was a really, uh, for me, a pretty dark record, coming out of a really tough time, uh, just sort of realizing um, and accepting that, um, you know, I, I just deal with depression, and uh, I kind of reached a bottom, and so those songs came out of that moment, that time, that season, when I had a lot of questions um, about uh, my career and just... Uh, feeling like a complete failure at it. And, um, and, um, and then this new record, uh, came out, uh, in May called, uh, birds of relocation. And, uh, it was sort of an answer to that record, I think. Um, because in that meantime, I, uh, I reached a, a point where I just kind of felt like I wasn't, uh, valid anymore. And, uh, I had, uh, entertained, uh, uh, thoughts of uh, the world would just be better off without me, uh, with the exception of my family. Uh, it wouldn't matter if I was not here; nobody would notice. Uh, and so, um, and so, at that point, I realized I had to go get counseling. Uh, I had to talk through things, and so that's what I did. And it's extremely humbling uh, to go admit that you need help, especially as a guy. And um, but, man, I you know. Most of the time, he just listened, uh, and we just, you know, we talked, uh, talked about some of my past, and you know, of course, and but gosh, uh, you know, I don't think there was any revelation uh, that occurred. It was just talking, uh, and you know, this whole rabbit room thing, the hutch mood is, you know, stories, you know, and just telling it and sharing it and uh, sort of going into those dark places. And so this song. Uh, was a it was a challenge from my counselor to uh, it was sort of a homework assignment is to write about uh, the voices uh, that I listen to in my head uh, 
that just sort of condemn me constantly and tell me that uh, the world would be better off without you, Eric, um, and me believing them and me buying into the the lies. So, um, so uh, you know, it, it's not necessarily a pre-recovery uh, song, but it's definitely um, a process song. So uh, this is a song called Voices. And um, and just uh, instead of listening to the things that I hear in my head, uh, is to have friends and listen to them, uh, and to have those saints and those angels in my life that uh, believe in me. So here we go. This is voice. <laughs> And for those at home, you can purchase voices at iTunes. Blah, 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 blah. shroud of anger sorrow in disguise yeah the voices oh and I believe the voices that convince me I am worthless they're bent on my demise That is strong Everything about the heart That could go wrong Every hope that ever lived there But has since flown I'm finding again I'm finding again Yeah, in the garden When we lived inside the garden Creatures bright and shining, we were dust brought to life. Yeah, but in the silence, oh, when we lean into the silence, we choose the things that hate us most, and we rest upon the light. That is strong Everything about the heart That has gone wrong Every hope it ever lived there But has since flown I'm finding again I'm finding again And we choose to love The things that hate us most Choose to love, yeah, the things that hit us most. Oh, we choose to love the things that hit us most. Everything about my weakness that is strong, everything about our hearts that has gone wrong. Every light that ever shone in darkened halls is shining again, 
I'm finding again. Sure, I'll do a song. Man, I gotta follow Eric Peters. I, gotta, I need to go first in these things, man. That's so great. Thank you, Eric. Um, just, I was, I'm just gonna throw out a, a few, well, okay. Ideas that were just on my mind as, as we've been talking and stuff. And the whole spiritual retardation thing, like, I don't mean that as an insult to anybody. It just occurred to me. Uh, I heard that at a time in my life when I was at a church, when I was just uh, fed up with um, all the shallowness and all that kind of stuff, and I was just disheartened and discouraged, and these lame worship songs we'd sing, and and I'd just and I'd just be you know, and I and I just hungered for more depth, and and I just started to have this contempt for the people I was supposed to love, you know. And uh, uh, that Mark Hurd quote just kind of helped me put a different perspective on that and be like, okay, maybe I'm, maybe it's me, you know. Uh, and the story that you told last night about how uh, uh, you were you were uh, you were cripplingly earnest and and uh, which is a part of what's beautiful about you, the depth that you have, and oh, it's it's awesome. But that you valued the joy and the lightheartedness that your wife brought. You know, that I, I, I think that's a story that is very interesting to me rather than just kind of, uh, I'm, 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 I'm prone to, uh, self-righteousness and, uh, the Mark Hurt quote helped confront that. Anyway, that's an addendum to what I said earlier. Now I know what I want to say now. Um, and, uh, Speaking of Mark Hurd, one of the things I always loved about Mark Hurd's music was uh, uh, that uh, I felt like as an artist, he would uh, go to the edge of the abyss and look into the blackest blackness and, uh, and test his hope against that, you know. And, uh, and then uh, the hope that he found in that moment, he'd kind of bring back to us who, who would listen to his music and stuff. So his... His hope, what I always loved about it was it was tried and tested and, uh, um, yeah, like what Andy talked about last night, you know, for sure. Um, and I, it, it always struck me that Mark was just uh, one of the most courageous songwriters I knew because of his fearlessness to look into 
utter hopelessness. And uh, he has a, a devastating song uh, that, that I love, but I can't listen to it very much because it's just, oh, it's so hard, you know. But uh, it's called uh, 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 Another Good Lie. Have you heard that song? Do you remember that song? And it's just this song about the hopes that he's had. And it was another good lie. I mean, you don't get any more, like, it was difficult. But on the same album, uh, you know, uh, he answers those songs. Be- because of another good lie, the hope that he offers is like, okay, I'll believe that then, you know. But, um, and then uh, thinking of recovery through song, I just think, uh, I was having a conversation. Okay, so uh, Randall Goodgame and I have uh, a mutual friend. His name is George, and he's kind of become uh, a mentor to the both of us. And in a conversation with him recently, we, you know, we said, George... Every time you open your mouth, it blows my mind, you know. Uh, I want to be you when I grow up. How did you become you? That's kind of a joke. And he answered very seriously one word. He said, pain. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and that's been very helpful for me in this season of my life. And, and uh, uh, a story that I realize that I've been telling in all of my songs and a story that I'm drawn to in other people's songs, you know, the wisdom that comes by way of pain. In the midst of that, in pain, we become, when we are wounded, we become unusually self-centered. And uh, which, uh, 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 a, 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 um, uh, something that goes along with that is that the more we become self-centered at the exclusion of everybody else, the more we feel like we're alone, you know. And uh, we begin to believe that we're alone and nobody cares about us and the world would be better without us and all of that. And uh, and that is when music becomes very important to me because of this. Uh, well, it's like in the movie uh, Shadowlands about C.S. Lewis when uh, he's talking with a student and uh, uh, hear the words that that are spoken. Um, We read books to be reminded that we aren't alone. And uh, I think that's why we come to music too, to be reminded that we we aren't alone. And there's an Over the Rhine song uh, called Nobody Number One. And uh, in there, she has a lyric, uh, it says... uh, Pain is our mother. She helps us recognize each other. And uh, so, um, uh, this pain is making something new of us. In the midst of that, we can feel very lonely and alone and be swallowed by that loneliness. And uh, But music, especially songs like that and Andy's songs, um, uh, help remind us that we aren't alone, you know. Uh, these are both very, very brave songwriters, and uh, I've received a lot of life from their work. Um, so this is a song kind of, okay, this is what I remember now, what I was going to say. Would you hold this a second? I stutter mentally as well. So for those of you who don't know me, I do have a speech handicap, so I'm not 
speaking in tongues. It's an Episcopalian church. We'd get in trouble for that. <laughs> um, thanks. But uh, this is a song I wrote just for myself. And it came out of uh, a very dark night when I was, uh, I lay in bed and I couldn't sleep the whole night. And all I could think about was there's this beam in our attic just high enough for me to uh, throw our orange extension cord over and, uh, and I could be done with it. I could be done with everything. And I was just consumed with, and I was trying not to think about that. I'm trying to think about my kids and all that kind of stuff. And I, but it's just, I'm, I'm just, it won't leave me alone, you know. And I'm just going through the actions of how you would tie the knot, how you do this stuff. And and after uh, hours and hours of that, I was just like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get out of bed. So instead of doing it, I wrote a song about it. <laughs> um, so I wrote this very kind of honest song about that moment of pain and that was verse one and then I just kind of wrote whatever came after that just kind of came out of me and I wrote the song in about 20 minutes which is unusually short for me and um and that was it I was done and I thought I'm never gonna play that for anybody you know (laughs) Because I want to be honest, I want to be open about my pain, but I also don't want to bleed on people. You know, I don't want it to become abusive. I don't want to, you know, uh, abuse people with my, <laughs> with my pain, you know. Um, but I played it for a couple people, and they convinced me that, uh, no, I don't think you're bleeding on people. I think this is a, I think this could be a me too moment for for a lot of people and stuff. And so, uh, so, so I put it on the record, and... Um, and uh, I'm grateful that I did and stuff. So, but uh, all right, I'll play it for you. And I haven't played it in a long time, so I don't remember it at all. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Let's see. Let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> Looking for a length of rope and a place to hang it from the end of my hope. Where I thought hope had ended, I always find a little bit more. It's not like I'm trying to be optimistic, but the truth be told, I'd rather dismiss it. Free of the burden of the living that hoping requires to bring my heart to every day and run the risk of fearlessly loving without running away. This next verse I wrote, I didn't even know what it meant. And I was trying to figure out, so I could, because I felt like I had to, uh, to justify its existence in the song. Like someone's gonna ask me, like, what am I, 
what the hell am I even talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and then I just decided I'm just going to trust it. I, I, I don't know what it means, but I believe it means something. So I left it in there. And then it was about a year later uh, when I was playing this song. I was like, oh, that's what that means. <laughs> and, uh, so that's the mystery of the song. But I'm interrupting the song. <laughs> Jesus is speaking, but it's so hard to hear when disciples with swords are cutting off ears. Broken and bleeding, I'm waiting for healing to come. The wounded's a part that I've learned to play well, though the wound may run deeper than I know how to tell. With pains and addiction, it keeps me buried alive. It's all that I know, it's hard to leave it behind. And bring my heart to every day. Risk of fearlessly loving without running. My heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not lifted up. But calm and quiet is my soul. Like a child its mother is my soul after a while in the dark your eyes will adjust in the shadows you'll find the hand you can trust and a still small voice that calls like the rising sun your heart to every day run the risk of fearlessly loving without running away run the risk of fearlessly loving without running away And you'll sing it. That's uh, my stand, I guess. Uh, you know, you, I played that song for you on the. Uh, I remember exactly where we were. Tour and, uh, and I was unsure of it, and it was your response to it was one of the key hmm. things that helped me feel feel good about it. What's the name of that song that you just sang? Without running away. Yeah, now I remember that. That was in Wichita Falls, Texas. That was the day of my panic attack when I walked into a Christian bookstore. <laughs> no lie, hadn't been to one in eight years. I walked in, my eyes narrowed, I almost passed out. Um, that, there's, 
I'm not. I'm not saying that to brag or make fun of things. It's seriously. I, there's so much baggage and 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 pain of growing up in a fundamentalist background and then being in the CCM band, and then saying that room is death to me. And I, and I'm I. Not everything in it, but the whole thing. I just can't do it. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Didn't mean to tell that. Okay. Um, I think a lot of us had a me too moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Um, what, okay. What I wanted to say about, about this is, uh, and it just hit me now, so forgive me. I, I'm going to talk without being exactly sure of what I'm saying. But... Uh, Something that I feel, I'm not a person, first of all, that likes to answer the question, what's the Lord teaching you these days? Because I generally have no idea, and I don't know, I don't have any, my brain doesn't work that way. Um, But I've been feeling really, really pressed in on the last month or two that my life has consisted for a long time of sitting around and talking about my feelings, or sitting around and helping other people talk about their feelings, that um, I do a lot of talking and a lot of listening and a lot of enabling talking. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I realize that I rarely do anything. And uh, I don't live a life of service like I want to. And uh, some of you probably know about our my family's fiasco this fall. If not, I'll tell you about it later. But um, it's been a really kind of crazy season for our family and we've just needed people to like come over and help like with random stuff, you know, and there are these people, some of whom I have never met, some of whom are like peripheral friends and, uh, who, I, that sounds terrible, but you know what I mean? Um, like, you know, Hey, and all of a sudden they're like over my house every night swinging a hammer. Like, how do I never like, and I'm realizing that I'm not one of those people and, I want to be desperately, and uh, I feel a lack of that. And I feel like I sit around a lot and say, "Where is God?" <laughs> and and then when there's a need met, I'm too busy to go and and try to answer that need. And I feel like a lot of times that's where God is, and I'm too busy watching TV, and um, and that's so lame. And I feel like hearing songs like these and. Like, I hope that the step beyond, oh, me too, is what do I do with that? And that it doesn't, that it, that it goes from something beyond feeling into, you know what? I heard that song and I'm going to call my mom. Or I heard that, you know, that, that, that something about this would, would not just, if it's just that, it, it's selfish to a point when we take this stuff in just to enrich our own hearts, you know, and our own lives. And I think there's a point where we can, it's like you take too many vitamins and you have to go to the doctor. You know, it's like, I'm sick. That's because all you do is take, you know, like, yeah, your pee turns a weird color. And, um, like, I I feel like that's been my life, you know, my, and, um, I'm not going to follow that any further. Me too. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's what I want to say. And I, I feel like like I, the, you know, I made this record that just came out that deals a lot with like marriage and and relationships and um, and I, I realized in the process of the writing of it that 
that I was writing challenges to myself for like, I need to show up in my own life. I am, I cannot be a passive, you know, like an extra in my own life, in my own family, in my own marriage. I need to be the lead, you know? And, but not in a selfish way. Like I, I need, you know, and, um, and I, and I really was like my only real thought and prayer about the record was that it would, that it, that it would make somebody, that it would cause a conversation or cause like a, that it would be like a, a last straw, you know, or at least another straw of like, I got to do something. And, um, because I, if, if my legacy is that, man, I was really good at sitting around and talking about my feelings, then that's a really lame legacy. And, uh, and that's a really huge disservice to the fact that I'm surrounded by amazing people, most of whom are in need in some way or another. And, um, that's all I have to say. I'm done with that. Um, anybody else have anything they want to say? Want to do questions or? I just want to add something to. Uh, so, like my new, uh, a part of my growing understanding is that uh, wounded, hurt people, uh, we become self-centered. And so, and 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 your answer about yeah, we you know hopefully the song. I mean, so like I could imagine on the the continuum, songs that help me uh, look at my pain in a more redemptive way within. Not I'm all alone, but I'm not alone in this, and that empowers me to then do something. And look outward and not be so self-centered and stuff. So I, just as you were speaking, I was like, yeah, man, that's the thing. So, so anyway, that's cool. We got, I think we're like out of time and I want to hear some awesome song. I was going to play, I'll do, since you talk about Hold the Light, I don't want to yeah. play this song. I haven't played it in forever. So I don't it's the perfect song at the end of this, right? But thanks so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, this is really fun. All right. Night. Jacob wrestled the angel, I'm too tired to fight. Every Wednesday, for seven years now we've been. Showed you all my anger, my doubts and bitterness. But there was no judgment in your eyes, just the silent peace of God. It felt so real in you. Well, the gavel to hand the sentence down I don't 
believe forgiveness, even repentance now. There was no judgment in your eyes, just the silent peace of God that felt so real in you. Someone else sing this? song. I'm looking at it up right here. I'm like, it's long enough now that I'm like, oh man, I'm thinking about it again too. So uh, then I'm thinking about the line and I can't sing the next line. Because it means something now to you. It does. I sang it enough that I kind of got used to just singing it. I will say too that I couldn't write, that I couldn't write this song. I showed up. Thank you. I'll take that from you. I, um, you got it? I've got it right here. The internet. I, uh, I, uh, I had eight pages of like <coughs> scribbled notes, and I handed them to Random Good Game, and was like, "Make this rhyme." <laughs> and so, like, I just this song, this song would have been like seven hours long. <laughs> it was like it was like my E.E. E. Cummings, you know. And, uh, <laughs> this feels so ridiculous. <laughs> this is my sad song. I want to feel redemption flowing through my veins. I want to see with clear eyes beyond lost and
For more information regarding the songs, writers, and artists featured here, please visit rabbitroom.com. Rabbit Room music composed and performed by Ben Shive.